Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Light of Life podcast. I'm your host, Naomi, and today I'm here with Patty. Patty, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, Naomi. It's such a, an honor and, and a pleasure to be with you today and your listeners. Um, I'm, my name is Patty Dimaselli, and I'm an angel in a human cloak. Uh, I believe that each of us is born into this earth as angels. And uh, the decisions we make as we go through life, we can either shroud ourselves in darkness or let our light shine. So um, I'm a light worker as well as many of us are. And uh, I was blessed beyond belief to have my daughter Amber in my life for four and a half years. And um, yeah, she was my greatest teacher. Thank, <clears throat> Thank you, Patty. And um, yes, yeah, so I have um, some questions today for you um, to, um, to share your daughter's story. Thank you for being willing. And um, the first question I have is, <clears throat> when did you first discover the lump behind your daughter's ear? Um, well, previously, you know, I, I, I had I had visions of Amber before she was born, and I actually did some paintings and drawings of her. So I just knew that I would have her in my life. Um, when I gave birth to her, I had this premonition that I would die before she was six. And so I recorded our life together, documented everything so that she would know me when I died. In August of 79, when I was putting her to sleep and I was stroking her hair, I discovered a small lump about the size of a walnut behind her right ear. I pulled back her hair and my first thought was, oh my God, cancer. And this was in 79. I didn't even know children got cancer at all. And after I saw it, I thought, oh gosh. And then I heard, it's not you who will die, it's Amber. And so I spent the next eight months traveling the state of Connecticut. I went to eight different doctors, including the head of pediatric surgery at Hartford Hospital, trying to convince them that it was cancer and if they could please biopsy it. And none of the doctors believed that it was cancer. Um, and so she fell and hit it on a fireplace and I took her to Yale New Haven. And the night before surgery, they were saying it couldn't possibly be cancer. So, you know, the mother's intuition uh, is incredibly powerful um, and it's it's now scientifically proven wow yes um it, it, it's very powerful indeed and um so 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 you traveled all, all across the state um to to find a doctor who would be able to diagnose her and did you ever find one and what was she officially diagnosed with um, when when she fell and it doubled in size very quickly, um, and I took her to Yale New Haven, uh, they immediately took her into surgery the next morning and uh, excised the tumor. When the diagnosis came back, they said it was called it's a cancer of the muscle tissue, and hers was rhabdomyosarcoma, and it was in the third stage. So there, it was a little pinhole in her skull. Um, they performed a lot of tests and they couldn't find any other cancer in her body. But because of my experience, they said chemo, 
chemotherapy, surgery, and radiation. That's all there is. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's got to be more. So I allowed them to give her radiation, but I also needed, as a mom, I was a single mom at the time, I needed to see if there was anything else out there in the world, any other cancer therapies. So as a result, I this was before personal computers, I went to the New Haven Register and pleaded with the manager to please let me ask the world if there were any other cancer therapies, and he agreed. So the next day it was on the front page, and the Associated Press picked up on it. So the story went around the world, and for the next month, while I gave her radiation and was searching for another alternative, um, people from all over the world were sending me telegrams and giving me phone calls, and I just documented everything. Wow. Wow. And um, I'm so curious, um, have, have you been able to find um, a new kind of treatment? Uh, I was actually. Um, an angel, um, a very wealthy woman in Greenwich, Connecticut, um, introduced me to uh, a doctor here in the U.S. Um, and he introduced me to Dr. Lawrence Burton, who was one of the discovering founders, if you will, of immunotherapy. He was practicing immunotherapy at St. Vincent's Hospital, and at that time it was very experimental. And because it was experimental, they, they, the medical establishment or the powers that be, said that he could no longer practice in the U.S. So he had to go to Freeport, Bahamas to continue his research. And um, this beautiful angel paid for us to go to the Bahamas, Freeport, Bahamas, to the clinic, and we had to get a, a an apartment because they didn't have a hospital it was all outpatient she paid for our rent there and dr burton agreed to treat amber for free so because we were in the media and on tv and and in the newspapers um we had to sneak out of the country in order to give her the chemo uh, the immunotherapy and we spent six months in freeport bahamas and we we initially arrived she had a small metastasis she lost all of her hair due to the radiation, but she had a small metastasis behind her ear where the initial tumor came out. And once we started her on the immunotherapy, it flattened out completely. Um, unfortunately, she got tonsillitis and we could not, the, her immune system could not keep up. Um, the therapy consisted of me drawing Amber's blood um, three times a day to measure the protein fractions that Dr. Burton identified as part of your immune system and then he would give us from good human blood uh, I would inject amber with these same protein fractions uh, depending on her blood results to keep her immune system operating at an optimum level and um, we were very very blessed to have that time with amber in the Bahamas and trying to save her life but it was incredibly intense because of the politics of cancer and a lot of the you know chemical companies and i mean it was crazy and to some extent still is so it was a, it was an incredibly eye-opening experience to deal with cancer the politics of cancer the chemical industry it's it's sadly it's i think not necessary um my whole thing then and now, this was 42, 43 years ago, 
is that we know what causes cancer, which is chemicals in our, in our clothing, in our food, in our air, everywhere, and our immune system's inability to withstand the onslaught. So the, I believe we should prevent cancer. I mean, we're focused on treating it and curing it, but why get it in the first place? Because so many people have suffered and are suffering um, around the world, so. Wow. <clears throat> That, that's really good insight. I've never considered that before. Um, and um, and um, I can I can understand like I, I can understand being a parent in a in this kind of situation um, where 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 your child has like a chronic illness. I I'm sure it was it, it, it's very hard and it and it definitely takes a toll emotionally. And physically too um, and um, what advice do you have to parents who um, have um, a child who has a chronic illness or some kind of other disability well I do believe as you and, and through your journey and with your mom you discovered that you need support you need to have people around you that care mm -hmm. for you that love you that can give you um, legal advice and, and impartial medical advice. So I think building your team of, of support, or what I like to call my beloved circle of angels. Um, Amber taught me something in her death experience. Um, after, you know, she got the metastasis could not be stopped. We came back to the US. Um, we could not find a surgeon to debulk or take off the, the new growth. <clears throat> excuse me but we did find um, because again we were in the media and they didn't want to have really anything to do with us but Bernie Siegel um, who's a, a, still a friend and he's written many books but Bernie said well, I'll take Amber and treat her as my own so he assembled a team of surgeons at St. Raphael's Hospital in New Haven, Connecticut and tried to save her life uh, he tried for a week and he um, you know he did a lot of testing, but uh, in the end, they could not save her life. And while I was waiting for her to emerge from some of the tests, I was in the gift shop of the hospital, and I heard, I wanted to get her a little something, so I heard, turn around, and I did, and I saw a rack of big golden keys, and I heard, get this to Amber and tell her it's the key to heaven so that she can open up the golden gates. And so I used a lot of symbolism. Bernie helped us with spontaneous drawings, um, which was originated by Susan Bach from England. And people, especially children who are dying, um, they would draw a drawing and it, it's all analyzed about the colors they use, the symbols they use, placement on the paper. And Bernie was able to help us understand what Amber felt about dying and about her death. And um, she wasn't afraid to die. Most children are not afraid to die. I'm an end of life doula and a grief educator and coach. So I work a lot with people, pets that are dying. Um, and so the last month of her life, I completely documented and she said so many incredible things, Naomi. Uh, I, I have it all cataloged. I'm writing another book about Amber's words of wisdom. 
but two that stick out to me. She said, um, Mom, I know I'm here to help a lot of people. And because the news was still following the story, she knew that she was connected to the rest of the world. So she felt supported by the world, really. And the second thing, which was the most profound gift of my life. She died on my 27th birthday. And before she died, she said, Mom, when I die, I'll still be Amber. I'll just be different. And so she went into a coma. I have a recording that I transcribed for her book, Embrace the Angel. And you can get a free PDF on our website, embracetheangel.com. Um, and when I was telling her, I love you so much, thank you for showing me love, and I was just telling her every single thing I wanted her to know, um, she could hear me. And hearing um, when people are in coma is very, very common. But she start, I started seeing tears come down, and I, I wiped them away, and then I saw a whole lot of tears come down. She was crying uncontrollably. And I realized at that time, she was afraid to leave me behind. She wasn't afraid to die. And when I said the words, go now, be with God, be with God, Amber, she physically stopped breathing and my whole body felt her spirit leave her body and pass through mine and into the light. And what I imagined, and I wrote in her book, I kept a journal, her death to be was completely opposite. And she was right. She didn't pass away. She didn't, um, you know, I didn't lose a child. She changed and she's never left me ever. And I work a lot with bereaved parents and people who are grieving. And um, it's, it's an incredibly sacred thing. We hold sacred space when we talk about our children because they literally live again when we speak their name or we talk about our children who have changed or passed on. Yes, I, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, oh, this this made me emotional. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, but, it's, you know, I would it's say, okay. I'm sorry, Naomi. No, it's but... okay because... I, I think this is such an important story for everyone to hear. Um, yeah, go ahead. I, it just reminded me of like the time uh, when I, it was a couple days after my open heart surgery. Uh, I was just learning how to, I was just getting out of bed. I was learning how to walk again. And uh, I, uh, uh, I, I remember this really well. I actually like, um, I remember I collapsed and um, because I, I think just because my, my body just went into shock from so before the surgery my oxygen saturations were 50 and then um, after the surgery they were 100 and I've never had 100% oxygen saturations before and um, so you sharing about uh, um, how I, how I, that um, when, when Amber passed away and how her spirit left her body, I, it, it reminded me of the time when uh, I felt that happen to me as well. And I was uh, so just, I feel so fortunate that I was able to be successfully resuscitated. 
uh, but uh, it, uh, I, I want to share like, I'm, I'm, my deepest condolences for your loss. I'm, I'm so sorry, and, uh, and I, and I've realized with like chronic illnesses, uh, um, some people will get better and some people won't, and it's, and it's, and, and it's, it, it, it's so unfair. And I just, I just wanted to share that because uh, it, I, I, I can, I can relate. I think I can relate to how am to, to, to Amber's um, experience with that. And I'm sure, like, um, you as a parent, it, it, it must have been so. It was, well, of course, it's, it's 100% life changing, and, um, but it just feels like such a surreal moment. You just can't believe it's happening in that space and time, right? I think for me, because I, I knew, I chose to come, my life, I chose parents. I, I remember being in the womb I was born in the Queen of Angels Hospital in Los Angeles, the City of Angels. And I knew from conception that I was an angel, that I could recognize the divine in myself and others. I knew it as a child, and then I had a very severely abusive childhood. And it was basically um, beat out of me to ever think, how dare I think that? And it wasn't until, gosh, two years ago or so, I'm 69, that I was willing to, to say it out loud. And when I when I began to realize that being a light worker is something to be proud of, and, and knowing that I had a mission in the world, and that's to share Amber's message and carry on her legacy to hopefully give one other person a little bit of hope. And I know you talk a lot about hope in um in your podcast and that's it seems to be a recurring theme and as i was listening to you i just wanted to tell you very quickly one of my very favorite quotes is by george isle and he says hope is faith holding out its mm -hmm. hand in the dark yes so yeah i just wanted to thank you for all the hope that you give to so many thank you so much patty thank you for your support thank you for wanting to come on to the podcast and um I'm not I, I don't I, I can't remember if I asked you this yet but is there anything else you would like to share um well yeah I suppose on the on the the, the word hope um I I I came through three abusive marriages um the last one was a malignant narcissist who nearly killed me and I was with him for 22 years and then it's a very um, insidious uh, epidemic around the world. Many, many, many people are dying because of this abuse. And so it took me, I'm still in therapy to heal, but I'm also focusing on the light and doing what I can to make this world better. But what I decided to do, I'm thinking, how can I save one other person from the anguish that I've, that I've dealt with? And I, I imagined in my mind's eye this t-shirt somebody standing behind them in line could, was reading the back of this t-shirt called red flags of a narcissist and so because i'm a graphic artist i actually made this thing 
this t-shirt and it tells you in like cliff notes exactly the patterns the terminology and there's a really neat graphic on the front so i did that one and then i did um one on grief because i'm a grief educator so it tells people all about grief and just kind of a one-page summary on the back of t-shirts and backpacks and puzzles and things and then i did one on hsps which are highly sensitive people which i'm one 30 percent of the world's population are highly sensitive and uh, just to educate people so i'm working on one on love i've got several others um, in the works and so i have a love and learn collection on um, my website tobiasandcompany.com and um, you know people can just see they don't necessarily have to buy anything but um Tobias and Company does support Embrace the Angel, which is our light work. But uh, yeah, it's really neat, and it's a it's a serious but lighthearted way, and something that I can do as one human being on Earth to educate the world, let people know that this is the truth of what I've discovered in my years of research. So yeah, I love and learn collection. I'm very proud of that. And um, again, I don't do anything alone my circle of angels are always with me that that's really inspiring patty and i'm so happy that um you 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 want to um help help others uh who have gone through similar situations that you have and um i would just like to share you know that's that's like the whole reason i started this podcast because i know there's people um out there in, in in hospital patients who are really suffering and um, and, and have experienced similar situations that I've experienced and I've, I've always just wanted and I thought I was like you know I should create a podcast to bring awareness to chronic illnesses <laughs> yeah you know um, I would just like to mention uh, one of my fellow grief educators her name is Denise Horn and she is amazing she cannot move her body except for her left arm and yet she went through David Kessler's training with me. She is like one of David's, I don't know, most profound cheerleaders and, and supporters, if you will. But she inspires me so much because able-bodied people, you know, they, they, they're having a hard time, you know, doing this or that. But Denise is like, you know, I've got this, I'm gonna do this. And she needs a Hoyer lift to get her up and out, right? And a wheelchair mm -hmm. and a companion. And uh, so Denise and others, you know, have inspired me. I, I actually created this wheelchair version of our t-shirts where you have all the copy and the logo on the front so people can read it, like the grief t-shirt. And it's just so neat to, to realize that there's a population of human beings who have gone through unfortunate, like yourself, unfortunate circumstances. And yet they take that misfortune, if you will, and despite that or maybe because of that elevate others I, you know it just puts things it puts my own life in perspective wow yeah yeah it, it definitely puts life into perspective and um thank you so much for wanting to come onto the podcast you have stated so many really inspiring wonderful things and um so happy you wanted to do this thank you thank you naomi thank you so much for your light work <laughs>